Coast on Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1. Streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show. You're listening to The Jan Price Show, and today my guests are Aaron Kunch, director, and um, Melora Walters is one of the stars of a brand new movie called The Pale Door. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. I have to just tell you, when when your publicist contacted me on this movie, uh, I'm not a big fan of horror films, and uh, nor do I, my audience just seems a little older, so I'll just say that, and, you know, so whenever I get sent to me some of these horror films, I'm just not really interested in doing the interviews, because I know it's not going to be that interesting to my audience. But this film, I went and looked when I watched the trailer, because that's always the deciding factor for me. And when I watched the trailer, I went, wow, this is unique and different. And I was excited about having you both on the show. So I have to say that up front. You've made me a fan of a genre that I'm not a particular fan of. So um, very interesting film. Thank you. Thank you You're so very much. Welcome. It's great to hear. You're welcome. We really are welcome. And then it, it is. It's a fun film. It takes you on a wild ride. Uh, Aaron, do you want to just so our audience knows what we're talking about? Um, do you want to give a brief synopsis of what The Pale Door is all about? Sure, sure. Yeah. So, I mean, this this really kind of follows a loosely based adaptation of the Dalton Gang, a real-life gang of uh, outlaws in the 1890s in the Oklahoma and Texas region. And uh, this gang has robbed a train, and they were stunned. Instead of finding the gold and the loot that they expected, they find uh, a young woman in a box. And it kind of sets them on this weird journey. And they follow her back to her hometown. Uh, and that town is a ghost town, but there's a brothel that is run by the lovely Lenora Walters, playing Maria. And, uh, you know, may or may not have a coven of witches <laughs> that the gang uh, has to encounter. And it becomes a little bit of a survive the night story. Um, but then also, it's a very sentimental film and about two brothers and their kind of journey together and, and all of that. But uh, but yeah, we throw a lot in here. Yes, you do. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a Western horror <laughs> mashup, which is not really that much of a horror film. I mean, it has, you know, it's it's more, I mean, what I love about it is that it also brings, you know, the, taking it back to the burning of witches, you know, so it's kind of fascinating in that respect, too. Um, there's so many things. Melora, what it attracted you to this role? You want to tell the audience what role you play, actually, and what um, I you to this. I, I play Maria, so the originally what you think is the owner of the brothel, simply, um, and then you find out I'm a witch. Um, the script, the story uh, attracted me. Um, that's what um, always interests me when I decide to do a film. Uh, also the role, because you really have an arc. You see where she came from, why she is who she is. It, it just isn't this person who happens to be a witch. And uh, speaking with Aaron was another reason I wanted you know, to do the film because He's very, very smart, and his approach to filmmaking, I find exquisite. Oh, lovely. That's <laughs> lovely. Well, there's many themes to this. So um, tell us a little bit about, for you, Erin, um, what was it about 
I mean, you are one of the writers of this. So what yes. made you decide? Yes. yes, you're one of the writers as well as the director. So what was it? Uh, what made you decide to do this mashup between a Western and a horror film? It wasn't originally intention to be this. So actually, I, I had I'd written a Western uh, a number of years ago with my co-writer, Cameron Burns. And we loved the characters. We loved kind of the world of what this was, where they kind of ended up in this ghost town um, following a train robbery. But it just didn't, we didn't have a good way of ending it. it. It just wasn't connecting with me. And I wasn't very happy with where it was. So it sat on the shelf for a number of years. And then I was asked, uh, my first film was released with Universal. And they asked me after Robert Eggers' The Witch, uh, that horror film. After that was released, they said, you know, Aaron, do you have a witch movie? You know, we're looking to do another witch film. And uh, I was like, uh, yeah, of course I have a witch movie. And I, I came home that night and I called Cameron. And I'm like, Cameron, we got to come up with a witch movie by the next day uh, to, to, to fit Universal. <laughs> so we took this idea and, uh, and I was like, you know what would be interesting? What if they got to the ghost town and there was a coven of witches? And then that just became so fascinating to me because there was an immediate parallel between the familial nature of what a gang of outlaws are and the, the brothers and, 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 and brothers at arms and, and all that, and then literal brothers. And then also with this familial side of these witches and how Maria becomes this mother to all of them in so many ways. And I thought there was just a really interesting parallel between the two, these two disparate groups coming together to form these units that are both neither doing, they're not doing good things. And I thought there were these anti-hero sensibilities that were just really, really fun to play into. And that's where the idea came from. Universal didn't like it because they were like, wait a second, why are there cowboys? We just want normal witches. Uh, I still don't know what a, a normal witch exactly is, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> we, and then, uh, yeah, then years later, we decided to kind of dust it off. And um, Joe Lansdale and Keith Lansdale, who kind of helped with the development, Keith was also a writer on the film. They're, they're acclaimed authors. And uh, then it was up and running and had something that was fun to, to dive into. It really is. Is fun. Um, what I author though, there's you know many um, again subliminal themes that are in this film. It's you know it, it again it takes you on a, a, a wild ride and you're starting one way in the film and then all of a sudden it changes into something else, which always makes a film interesting. But in this particular one, it was also uh, the persecution of women. What did you feel about that, Melora, when you were playing this uh, playing Maria and this character? Um, I didn't. When I play a character, I, I can't get, uh, I, I can't look outside at her, you know, or make it um, an ideological thing. I, I have to become the character and all, that's all that matters. So um, I can say that as playing Maria, the concept of, you know, very being part of a village, pregnant, seemingly very happy in that scene until Cotton Mather shows up, um, it, it's, it's horrifying. You know, you're, uh, my character says, just, you know, let me have the baby and then you can do whatever you want with me. Um, because I think in playing that character uh, or being this woman, that this man, Cotton Mather, like that was the norm. So it's not like anybody was going to stop anything. Um, looking at it from the outside, you know, me or you or talking about it, um, this persecution is, uh, of women or women that are different in any way is, is brutal. And I know the film references the Salem witch, witches who were burned among many other horrible forms of torture ending in death. There's also the classic Joan of Arc who, you know, go through 
whatever you want to call it, goes to the Dauphin, manages to reclaim Paris, and then they turn her over to the English, and they burn her at the stake for being a witch, for being too powerful, for being for dressing like a man, you name it. Um, so it's uh, a very horrible uh, thing that exists ancestrally it, in human humankind. I mean, it just does. And I, I think that's what's so interesting about the film and what Aaron has done in the sense of sins of the father or traditions or carrying things on or grudges or anger and fear. And Aaron, you should talk about that. No, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a very important theme, and I think you, you just said it beautifully as well, Malora. I think it's, I do not want this just to be, you know, brave men against evil women. It's not that at all. You know, I think there's there's a parallel here, like I said, about how this both of these, they're both gangs in their own way, they're both families in their own way, and how they come together, but then there's also about the history of that, and, and that violence leads to more violence. And And I thought there was, you know, when I was researching the folklore of witches. And, and what's great is I could create whatever version of them that I wanted. And I remember as a kid being scared by Roald Dahl's The Witch, um, uh, Witches uh, movie that, you know, when Angelica Houston takes off her mask at that conference scene, it scared me as a kid. And so I wanted, I knew I wanted that kind of look and, and feel, but I wanted to tie them to something real. And Cotton Mather being a real character who literally wrote the book on how to hunt these women. And it's such a horrible black spot in our history and I just, I thought, what if, what if the idea, and there's something about the idea of, again, you know, hate begets hate, and, and, and it's this learned thing. So what if, what if someone who was watching this horrible thing happen, maybe was dabbling into actual witchcraft, and then was able, and they, they, he inadvertently, through his own hate and ignorance, and this, these religious zealots actually created the witches that they were so desperately afraid of. To begin with, and I just thought that that was like a really interesting theme, and I thought it kind of resonated, you know, at the time when I was writing this, which was right after the Trump election, and all these things that were happening, and things that I was looking at and seeing in society, and I just thought, whoa, there's something more here than just cowboys and witches, and that was what really excited me. Um, but, but then also, there's also the theme of just men underestimating the power and the fortitude of the women around them just always feeling like they can solve, you know, it's uh, the adage of not asking for directions, <laughs> stubbornness, <laughs> you know, and thinking that it's there. And I think there's something that can kind of play into that where they're looking at the thread of this, of this quilt, they're look, but they have no idea what the pattern of the quilt is. They're looking at the color of this thread and they can't discern what those differences are. And, and I liked playing with those themes because that's a really just important piece of a film for me as a whole, what attracted me to want to write this. Well, it is fascinating. There's no question about that. And what I I really love about it, it, well, there's lots of you know things that I love about the film, but um, that that nobody again is black and white. Nobody's all good and all bad in this film. And that again, those layers that are there, but um, that you really feel, um, you know, you really do feel for. the witches. I mean, you, it's a very heartfelt story. When you get the backstory of what happened to Maria, um, the character that you play, Melora, um, uh, it, it is, it, you know, you kind of go, you have a lot of empathy and sympathy. And again, you know, the, the themes of, you know, strong women and men underestimating, and, you know, it's just what's going on in the world right now. 
<laughs> it's exactly what's right. happening in our world right now. So right. universal. Go ahead, Mila. You want to comment? Oh, on and that? I just wanted to say what what um, it is in, was interesting to me playing her, and also just in reading the script was that she's not per se evil. She survived um, someone essentially killing her, and um, at, she she was taken in by women who heal her who allow her to give birth, and there's this great love for them. I have this scene where I take the one woman in her, you know, frightening form and say, you're so beautiful. There's this great, powerful love and need to take care of and feed these women and this maternal love uh, of a woman for her daughter, a mother-daughter. There's a mother-daughter story. Um, I think that's really powerful, and it's a really unusual approach to... Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm a little bit afraid of horror films. So it's a, it's, it's a completely different approach to the concept of a horror film. This is, this is a woman propelled by love. I, I, I don't think it's vengeance. It's love, (laughs) which is very strange from, from the Maria point of view. Um, I'm going to take care of you and taking care of you means like, you know, I'm taking care of you. Yes. Well, it goes back to love trumps hate. Um, and you're right. isn't a, a traditional horror film in any way, shape, or form. I think that's what I, I kind of don't even like to use the word horror uh, because it's really not. And, I mean, it is and it isn't, you know, but um, it's transformative. I mean, and, and, and where you, it, where you know, Aaron, when you wrote this with your writing partners and where you've taken this story, you know, when you take it even back further, you know, um, but I agree with you. It is a story of ultimately uh, of love. It's the, the the two brothers that love each other and the group of women, and just exactly what you what you have just stated too about motherly love and taking care of. It. So when you were when you were writing this, did you have all of that in mind, Aaron? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I knew. Well, well, first I will say it, it definitely started from a place of understanding sacrifice and taking care of your loved ones. So I mean, this was my uh, Cameron Burns. You know, we were writing an early draft. And then he he had read a new. I'd rewritten the ending and, and rewritten this big scene with um, Jake and Lester when they're in the church, and he's talking about the the actual background of his father and telling the truth of his father. And we did that. And I remember Cameron just turned to me. He's like, "So you're just writing about your brother and your dad, huh?" <laughs> and, and I was like, "Oh goodness, I am, aren't I? Like this is this is what it is." And then I, I once I realized that, I leaned into it more. Um, because it is about, you know, me, I, I felt my brother, my brother's a recovering addict and taking care of my brother. And I was feeling that a lot at that time. I was feeling a lot of anxiety, worrying about him and making sure he was okay um, all the time. And then, um, you know, I was someone as a child who looked up to my father a lot and then had to learn that he just wasn't the hero that I thought he was. And there's the, as, as more mentioned, you know, the sins of the father and that theme was there. So that always existed as part of that. And then, like I had said, it really became like, oh, witches, this would be cool. I just kind of started out as this cool idea, but I didn't want it to become uh, this, like, I was really worried and really sensitive to it just became good men and bad women, you know, and that, that is the last thing that I wanted to do. So I wanted, you know, we really wanted to kind of lean into the background of what these outlaws are, because those outlaws and those games weren't good men. 
you know, they were committing crimes, they were doing bad things. But but the but the questions of where does that come from, and you start to kind of unearth that. Um, it, it didn't take long to get a couple a couple drafts in to kind of realize like how to create that backstory and find a way to connect them and 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 show a parallel nature to these two two different entities and how they could kind of come into play. So yeah, but it, it, but it all started from a place of you know caring for my own brother and the truth of I'm going to live, I'm going to sacrifice and deciding that you're going to live the life that you want to live and be the person that you want to be regardless of what um, you, what cards you may have been dealt in your life prior. Very interesting. Very interesting. You know, they, they always say writers, you know, write what they know about. So that certainly uh, is something that you did. What, what, where did you film this movie? This was uh, just outside of Oklahoma City, about 20 minutes north in a town called Guthrie, Guthrie, Oklahoma. I had searched and how, everywhere to find ghost towns. And I, fa- I found this little this little Western town where they do weddings. And uh, and I thought there was something uh, in my weirdly cynical self. I was like, there's something interesting about where people go to profess their love. And I do all these horrible things <laughs> at that location. <laughs> um, was kind of funny to me. So, but yeah, it was in Guthrie, Oklahoma. And did, and how long was your shoot on this? Uh, it was about four weeks. Yeah, four weeks. We actually lost a couple days on the shoot just due to weather. I mean, we had Category Five tornadoes, hail, flooding. Oh, uh, I mean, it was yeah. We we, we shot during hurricane. Or excuse me, during tornado season in Oklahoma. Oh, not a good idea. Was, <laughs> yeah, it was well. Trust me, it wasn't what we planned. Uh, we were supposed to go in January, and then uh, because of the money, you know, we, when the indie film, you have to go when the money's there, and the money was right, there, and right. we had to go right then. So that became the situation. And, uh, you know, so yeah, there were definitely a lot of scenes that I had to shoot literally in probably a fifth of the time I would have liked. Um, and just like, how do you make this work, you know, the best you can? And that's just kind of how indie filmmaking goes sometimes. Yeah, I was going to ask you what was the most difficult part of shooting, but uh, you, you you just answered that question. Um, I'm sure <laughs> yeah. you about that. Melora, you have had quite an interesting career. You have worked with some of the top people in the industry. Uh, when, you know, I was doing my background research about you. I mean, you've worked with Paul Thomas Anderson on two films, um, Magnolia and Boogie Night, and uh, worked with, you know, Tom Cruise and Jason Robards and Julianne Moore and Julianne Moore in both of those films, but also um, uh, with Burt Reynolds. And so what was that like, shooting that film? Um, um, Boogie Night was... Yeah, Boogie had, Night. Um, okay, so I had given birth to my son a month before I shot Boogie Night. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah, so I was... Uh, it was... Um, it was a completely different experience than a normal film for me. First of all, Paul Thomas Anderson is brilliant. Um, yes, he is. Yeah. Um, I actually did Heart Eight with him as well. Um, and even then, like the man is just genius, brilliant. And um, being able to work with him was was really a gift. Boogie Nights was was um, like being in the Twilight Zone, literally. Um, I so my as an actress, I try to truly become the character, and nothing matters but the character. So I was going back and forth with this baby um, and very little sleep, and then being, which added to I think you know I think it added to her. <laughs> <laughs> the delirium, the delirium, and being in another world, and barely being able to talk. So, <laughs> taking your life experience, what's going on in life, and and, and putting that, uh, channeling it all into the role that you're playing on screen. Well, I I wasn't really, I don't really believe in that channeling that, but but I, it definitely affected everything. <laughs> 
I'm sure but I, I think, um, um, yeah. So, did, go ahead. Did you, you worked with Julianne Moore in both of those films, who I, I just adore her. Uh, what yes. was it like working with her? Did oh, you I have see. any scenes with her directly? Um, not, not really. She's exquisitely beautiful, um, in real life, um, as, as she is on screen. She's, um, just one of the best actresses, I think. She's amazing to watch. Um, she's lovely. She's just absolutely lovely. Um, and so Burt Reynolds, um, I didn't have scenes actually interacting with him. I was in group scenes, um, but it was pretty incredible to be sitting, you know, at the pool painting and have Burt Reynolds walk by. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's film history is walking by you. You know, it's like going to Rome and you're walking in history, on history. And um, yeah, so it was amazing. Yeah, I can imagine. I can only imagine. And then you were also in Dead Poet Society with Robin Williams. So did you have any scenes directly with him? You know, I didn't have any scenes with him, but it it was my first real film, quote-unquote, real film. It got me my SAG card. Um, And I passed him walking to the set, and um, I was shaking, literally shaking, <laughs> and he stopped and said, hi, Melora, in my voice, and then he did all of my lines as my character, and, oh my you goodness. know, said some really sweet things, but I couldn't speak. I was just, <laughs> I, I just stood there like a starstruck child and shook, and he just kind of patted me and, and walked on, and I was like, oh, what? I I, sh- I I just couldn't speak. Wow, um, wow, wow. And, yeah, and then Peter Weir, the director, and was working with John Seal, and, you know, there's um, there's another uh, piece of history. They've they made such incredible films together, and, and to see that, to see a director and a DP where they have almost the same mind was an incredible experience for me to, uh, in, in understanding um, filmmaking, how these creators can are, are creating a world and visualizing it and working with everything on set, which is, um, which is Aaron's approach. You know, he, he has, he wrote the script, he co-wrote the script, he wrote the script, he created this world, he sees this world um, we had these amazing talks in 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 how I was going to approach the character. Very gentle, very open, and and on set, knowing knowing exactly what he wants, but being open to what he is dealing with and what's happening. That's um, it's a it's a really beautiful quality to watch and work mm. with. What a great education and how beautifully said that you, the way you just said it in it. And, and Dead Poet Society is one of my favorite Robin Williams films. Uh, I, I just love him in that movie. And, and what how wonderful that he knew your line. <laughs> he knew he my line. Yes. Amazing. Spouted in my, doing it in my voice. I've never met the man before in my life. Um, I, you know, what are you going to say? I mean, there is really nothing to say. If it happened right now, if he came back from the dead, you know, as a witch and <laughs> said those lines, I, um, <laughs> I would just be standing there speechless. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I can only imagine. I would be like you, like, ah, ah, ah. 
Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> it's been such a pleasure having uh, both of you on the show. Um, this movie is available right now on demand and digital. So please seek out The Pale Door. It is a, it's a fun ride. And I appreciate uh, my guests today have been Melora Walters and director Aaron Cruz. Thank you so much for being on the show. And I wish you much success with this movie. Oh, thank, thank you so you much. It's such a pleasure. Yes. Thank you. Have a great day. You, you too. Thank you. You can listen to The Jam Play Show whenever and whenever and wherever at thejampryshow.com and also on the iHeart Podcast Network, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. And you can like The Jam Price Show on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at the Jam and Twitter uh, at The Jam Price Show. Thank you for listening. On Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1, streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show.